and uh, appreciate the opportunity to be able to uh, speak to you this morning and to talk about uh, things from God's Word. Let me get everything situated here. There we go. Uh, So I wanted to talk about uh, this morning, uh, this, this idea, as you can see, of what to do when people disappoint us. Um, and I guess I'm going to throw my, my disclaimer out here right out of the gate. It's sitting coming because of anything or anybody here. It's actually, I kind of got on this topic because of some uh, things that happened at work and some decisions that were made uh, by someone we were doing business with that ended up uh, costing us some money. Uh, and in going through all that, I noticed myself being tempted to react in some ways that uh, may not have been the best ways uh, towards the, the, the one who had done us wrong. And so uh, that's, that's what got me thinking in this direction. But, uh, of course, as us as a group of God's people, uh, we have to interact with one another. And as people in the world every day living our lives, we have to interact with people. And uh, I think we all know that this is a fact, that people do wrong things. Uh, I do wrong things. I'm sure all of you have done wrong things, and I'm sure uh, that throughout your life uh, you've been let down because of decisions or or actions of others. Uh, Sometimes people decide to do things differently uh, than you think they should. Uh, Sometimes what they do may be something wrong or sinful. Uh, You know, people don't keep their word. People uh, tell you things that aren't true. Uh, and, and sometimes it's not sinful. It's just they went in this direction when you were hoping they would go in this direction, uh, and, and it brings about some unexpected uh, consequences sometimes or things you have to deal with. But, you know, I think everyone here understands and, and knows, uh, especially because we're all students of God's Word, that it's been like this really uh, forever, if you want to, for, for all practical purposes, since man's been in existence. Uh, you've got Eve tempting Adam, Cain killing Abel, uh, Aaron and the golden calf, Moses and the rock, David and Bathsheba. Uh, James and John wanted to be first in the kingdom of God. They went to Jesus asking, you know, for a special place. Uh, Peter denied Jesus. Saul was killing Christians. John Mark did something to disappoint Paul. And the list goes on and on of, of, of stories and, and instances we can see of people disappointing others. And, and a lot of these on this list are things that were sinful. Um, I'm not sure about John Mark and exactly what happened between him and Paul. Seems like when I read that that it was uh, maybe just something he did that Paul uh, didn't really like. But it, it didn't seem like it was a sinful thing. I don't really know for sure. Uh, but my, my point is, again, that, that it's going to happen. Um, you don't have to be alive very long to understand this. I think, you know, probably all three of my kids at this point, uh, you know, understand this. Sometimes people let you down. Um, sometimes we're ready for it and we're expecting it. Uh, and it doesn't disturb us as much because it's kind of one of those, well, that figures moments, right? Uh, other times, uh, it may be totally out of left field and really catch us by surprise and, and can be more unsettling when that happens. And so, for us as God's people, 
I think it's important for us to be able to train our character uh, and who we are, you know, train ourselves and prepare ourselves to react in the right godly way uh, when when these things happen. Uh, and the better we can do this, I think the, the better off we'll be as far as it unsettling ourselves and, and also the more of positive effect we'll have on those uh, that, that are watching us and those that see us from day to day. Uh, when, when you see someone handle something difficult or unexpected in a, in a right and good and godly way that is different than the world, uh, it, it shines a light on that and, and it, it looks good and glorifies God and that's part of how uh, we're supposed to be the salt of the earth, I believe. And so that's what we're going to do this morning, uh, realizing that we have a choice as to how we react to every situation that, that happens to us in life uh, and that God's Word has given us some guidance and instructions on uh, right, the right ways to react. And, and a lot of this, as we'll see, you know, the, the Bible can't spell out every instance that's going to happen to us in our life. And so a lot of this is more principles uh, and, and, and guidance, as, as I like to call it, not a... If this guy does this to you, you do this kind of deal. Um, although there, there's a little bit of that, but, but for the most part, it's more uh, guidance and principle type instructions. We have examples. I believe uh, Jesus, especially looking at his life, we see a lot of examples of him dealing with people that let him down. Uh, and we see him being frustrated sometimes at that. At least I, I feel like the tone, especially... When he's dealing with the disciples or with the Jewish leaders at times, you can almost hear the frustration in his in the things that are recorded there. Um, but but we see him dealing with the disciples, with with others, you know, people of the world that were just coming to him um, in Revelation, where we see him giving instructions to the churches. Uh, we see him dealing with uh, Jewish leaders uh, who were not doing right. And, and the same thing with uh, the Apostle Paul and his writings to a lot of the, the New Testament Christians. Um, we can see that there, there are things that were done that disappointed Paul and Jesus, and, and we can kind of see uh, maybe how they reacted to that. All right, so um, again, we don't have the luxury that Jesus had of being able to read people's hearts. And so we, we see in Scripture, right, that a lot of times when something would happen, Jesus would be able to read the heart of that person and, and uh, you know, uh, able to make a perfect judgment uh, because of that. Uh, and I, I don't believe the apostles had that ability. I don't feel like I really see them being able to do that. Um, and, and we certainly don't. Uh, but considering that, and we're going to talk about this, you know, we do have to make some judgments and draw some conclusions about people. And and realizing that we're not able to have that perfect insight, uh, we know that there'll be times when we uh, will get that wrong. And that's unfortunate, and um, we need to be aware of that and, and do our best not to do that. But when it happens, uh, we, we know it will, and we have to react accordingly. So in talking about... Uh, making some judgments and dealing with people. Uh, and so if, if someone does you wrong or does something that disappoints you, uh, <clears throat> we have to make some judgments about how we're going to react towards them. And we have to think about 
And, and that's what I'm going to try to show us. We have to think about a bigger picture of, of what we may know about them or how we've seen them act in other instances uh, and those type things. But, but just to show that we do have to make judgments about people. Uh, there's a few verses here, Matthew chapter 10 and verse 16, where Jesus is talking about he's sending uh, the disciples out as sheep among wolves, and he tells them, be wise and harmless. Uh, you may recognize that verse, be wise as doves, uh, or serpents and harmless as doves, I'm sorry. I don't know how wise a dove is. But um, but the point is, Jesus is saying there, you, you us out in the world as disciples have to we got to have our head up, right? And we got to be paying attention to what's going on, and we have to recognize things about people. Uh, we, we don't isolate ourselves and live in a bubble. We don't, uh, you know, act totally unaware of how people act and, and the history of how people have acted. And, and we are required to make judgments about people, about their intentions, about uh, what they've got going on and why they may have done that. Um, that's That's... Part of what being a human is, we do it every day. Um, in John chapter seven, uh, verses twenty-three and twenty-four, we have some more instructions there from Jesus: Don't judge by appearances, but with righteous judgment. Um, and so, again, that that instruction there is telling us that that there is a time, and we do have to judge situations and people. Um, but but don't do it just on face value appearances. Do it in the right way, uh, with God's commandments in light uh, in in light of God's commandments, uh, and and try to look at things the way that God looks at them. Uh, in Matthew chapter seven, fifteen through twenty, uh, another instance that I think we could look at and say, yeah, we are supposed to pay attention to what people are doing and make some conclusions about them. Uh, it says, beware of false prophets. Uh, if you read those verses there. Uh, in summary, they're basically Jesus warning to beware of false prophets and to look at their actions. Judge them by their fruits is what we're told. Uh, look at the actions, the things that they're doing and, and the results of those things and use that information to make a judgment about uh, those people or that person. And so again, part of being a Christian involves us making judgments about people's actions. Um, so when someone does something uh, that, that is wrong to us or something that just disappoints us, we have to make a judgment. And, and so let's think about the process of how are we processing through that. Um, you know, if you just imagine yourself, and it's, it's easy to come up with a scenario of someone doing something that disappoints you. Uh, we've all got real-life examples of that. Uh, but what is the, the first thing that I think we're supposed to do? I, I think we're supposed to give the benefit of the doubt. Uh, if, if, you know, if it's someone we know nothing about, certainly we have to give the benefit of the doubt. We don't even have enough information about them to uh, make a judgment. If, it, if it's uh, one of our brethren, then we certainly give the benefit of the doubt. You know, any opportunity we have, we give the benefit of the doubt or we think the best of that person uh, at the forefront of, of when this happens. And that's, that's rooted and based, I believe, in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, the passage there where Paul's giving some instructions about uh, love and, and things about love and loving one another. Uh, verses 3 through 7 says, If I give away all that I have, and I, if I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. 
Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And so those those facts are about love or those requirements of love and, and what it means to love someone, the, the, some of the things included in that you know, basically show us this idea of giving the benefit of the doubt, uh, this idea of believing all things or hoping all things, um, being patient and kind. Those type aspects of love are, are where this idea of, of thinking the best of someone, even when uh, they may have done something that has disappointed you, um, that's kind of where that comes into play. You know, sometimes uh, people may do something because they just don't know or understand that that wasn't the right way to do that. Uh, and, and we've probably had that happen. You know, someone at work may have reacted this way or, or did something this way, and they just didn't know that wasn't the right way to do it. Uh, someone among our brethren, uh, we have an example of that of Apollos in the New Testament, of someone who was good motives, right attitude, wanting to do right, uh, but was not teaching everything just right. Uh, and, and we see how uh, he was dealt with, and it was in a loving way. Pull him aside, you know, show him, hey, this is, this is how it's supposed to be, not this way. And, and everything was great. And so this idea of assuming the best motives of people and, and thinking the best, is that's why we start there. Uh, because oftentimes people may not know or understand. Uh, they, they didn't mean any ill will towards me or towards you or towards anyone. They just weren't thinking about their actions or, or didn't know the right way to go about doing something. And so if we assume the best first about their intentions and their motives, it, it helps us to work through that process in a, in a good and instructive and uh, encouraging way. Um, you know, we've even got this uh, situation in Corinth where Paul's getting on to the brethren there uh, who are defrauding one another. And, uh, you know, I don't think that Paul's saying it's okay by any means for them to defraud one another. But, but even in the name of peace, Paul's saying just, you know, let that go. Quit taking each other to court over that. You know, uh, you're making God's church and his people look bad. Uh, just let that thing go. Uh, again, him not saying to let any kind of sin go or anything like that, but uh, I think y'all all understand uh, what he was getting at there. Um, <clears throat> again, so you know, if there's wrong or if there's sin involved, it must always be dealt with. But I think that that these examples and these instances we see of of giving the benefit of the doubt, thinking the best first, is, is where we need to try to start. Uh, working through uh, the situation of someone disappointing us. Uh, secondly, uh, we may initially give someone the benefit of the doubt, or it may be someone that has at this point just about removed all benefit of the doubt. You know, And, and we have those people in our lives, or, or we know those people in the world, uh, or we know, you know, even in business, uh, you know, there's some people that you just, you learn through dealing with them or, or through reputations or hearing of others dealing with them. You learn to try to avoid them or you learn that, hey, if you're going to mess with that guy, if you're going to do business with that guy, you better be careful. 
uh, because it's not going to go good. Or it, it, a lot of times it doesn't go good. And so, um, you know, we can, we can have these situations where this idea of thinking the, the best of someone Really, that we've we've moved past that. You know, at this point, they've kind of eliminated that part of the process. Um, and you know, I, I have this second step in the process of, of the principle of escalation, is what I called it. But it's basically uh, in, in this context is talking about among brethren. Um, but I think in in some parallel type circumstances the the principle applies even out in the world but let's read Matthew chapter 10 uh, starting in verse 13 it says this is where Jesus is sending out the disciples on the limited commission Uh, and he's telling them you know he told them don't take any provisions Um, stay with with whoever will let you stay there and he says if the house is worthy let your peace come upon it but if it is not worthy let your peace return to you and if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words. Shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. And so, you know, right here we see Jesus showing it that, you know, you're not going to be able to force or you're not supposed to force uh, his message on anyone or, or uh, if you're not welcome there, don't waste your time there is basically what that's getting to. Um, and so, and I may have should have had the, these two passages flip-flopped in order. Um, but let's read Matthew 18 as well, and we'll, we'll kind of put the two together. Matthew 18 and verse 15, this is talking about if you have a brother that sins against you. Uh, it says, go to him, tell him his fault, is basically what that says. Uh, and if he hears you, good. You know, he, you can work through that. He can uh, repent of that sin, and, and you can forgive him. Uh, but if that doesn't work... Um, then take the the matter to a group, bring a group of witnesses, and and talk to them in that way. And so, let's uh, <clears throat> let's just read that Matthew eighteen twenty uh, fifteen. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained a brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. And so, again, we see this this principle here of, of escalation. You know, if it's a fault between you and somebody else, you need to try to work that out just you and them to start with. Uh, if if the one who has done wrong will not listen, uh, if you're not making any progress and reconciliation that way, then then you know you and two or three witnesses go talk to the one, um, and and if that's still not working, then bring it before uh, the whole group, and if that's not working, then he's to be disciplined because he's basically doing what is the same thing as in Matthew chapter ten, right? He's basically resisting. What is right? He's against what is right. He won't hear what is right. He doesn't want to do what is right. Uh, and so uh, Jesus is saying there that, that you don't need to have association with that and to get away from that. Um, and so, again, b- both of these uh, passages, real, really Matthew 18 is talking about brethren, right? Matthew 10 uh, really could be talking about brethren or people of the world. Um, but I would say that 
but this principle of, of when you have a problem, when someone has disappointed you, um, brother or not, the, these principles would be in place in some degree. You know, you have to go to that person. You know, they may not even know they've, they've disappointed you or done you wrong, and so you, you need to let them know. Uh, if it's not a big enough deal that you're willing to go to them and let them know, uh, then you probably need to just drop it. You know, if, if it's not a, a simple thing or something that's important enough to you to go to them and, and try to work through that, then, you know, you need to just, just drop that and let that go. But uh, if you if you do go to them and that doesn't work, think about it work. If you go to that person and, and you still can't get any reconciliation, then what would you do? You may get two or three other co-workers to go and say, look, will you please just sit down and, and let me help me talk to this guy about these things so that we can get this corrected. And, um, you know, if that's not working, you may have to go uh, to the boss and get the boss involved and, and try to get things reconciled that way. But I think we all understand that, that the same type process, whether you're in the world or, or whether you're talking about in the church, the same type process uh, in various uh, regards would, would apply. And so, again, we start with the benefit of the doubt. Uh, we try to, to think the best, and uh, if, if we have to get past that, then we need to deal with things uh, in this manner. Again, think about uh, how Paul reacted with the Jews in, in these couple of instances in Acts. Um, Acts 13, uh, 44, it says the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered together to hear the word, the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, but since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy to eternal life, behold... We are turning to the Gentiles. Uh, and the same thing in Acts 18.6. When they opposed and reviled him, he shook out his garments and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I'm innocent. From now on, I'll go to the Gentiles. And so what is the, the common thread in these instances here in Acts and back in Matthew chapter 10 and Matthew chapter 18? You know, there's a common thread that that connects all of those to this end result of I'm not fooling with that anymore or I can't deal with you anymore. And this common thread is basically this, this resistance to even hearing or, or wanting to do what is right. Uh, and in all of those instances, basically you have people uh, that just don't want to hear God's word. They don't want to do what is right. Uh, and, and after... Multiple attempts and tries, it seems like. Um, you know, basically the end result is God saying, look, you know, you don't need to just uh, keep beating your head against the wall uh, dealing with those people. And so, <clears throat> you know, you, again, think about the way things uh, can escalate. And, and I think... Um, this slide is kind of where I was trying to summarize that. You know, you've got these two options, right? You've got people that are resistant to what is right, uh, seemingly just don't want to hear it, don't want to do it, you know, hard-headed, going to do things their way. Or you have 
uh, the other side of this where it may be uh, someone who is weak in understanding, maybe weak in faith, maybe, uh, you know, could be weak in a, in a, in a multitude of things. Uh, and, and that's both sides of the coin. And I think that's part of what's required in our, our judgments we have to make about people and how we decide to, to deal with and work with people. Um, you know, I would even say it, it's possible, you know, obviously having a resistance to what is right, you know, that's that's going to be a sinful attitude or a sinful way to be. Um, sometimes weakness can also be sinful or lead to sinful. You know, someone could be weak in resisting a temptation, and, and, and they could end up uh, falling into sin because of that. And so, you know, th- there could be sin in both of these uh, scenarios, but I feel like we see uh, somewhat of, of different reactions, or we're supposed to, to work with these two different types of people uh, differently, you know. And and so the, the one with the weakness, you know, we, we see, uh, at least I feel like I see a... A more gentle approach, a uh, trying to bring them about to what is right, uh, and and they ultimately do, versus this this strong resistance to what is right, where you know basically you end up having to just leave them alone or walk away from them. Um, and, and we've got examples of of this. Uh, Matthew chapter eight and verse twenty six. Jesus in the boat with his disciples. Uh, he says, why are you afraid, Afraid, O you of little faith? Um, and so he, he's rebuking them about their faith. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 16, are you also still without understanding? That's still Jesus talking to his disciples yet again uh, because they're just not putting all the pieces of the puzzle together. Uh, Mark 8, starting in verse 16. It says, and they begin discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. They're in a boat again. Uh, and, it, and Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, Twelve. And the seven for the four thousand. How many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, Seven. And he said to them, Do you not yet understand? And so, again, this is a discussion where uh, Jesus, I feel like you can you can hear the frustration or feel the frustration in, in him dealing with his disciples here that that he they've seen these miracles they've watched him feed thousands of people with just you know a few pieces of food uh and now they're sitting here thinking oh man jesus is mad at us because we forgot to bring bread and uh you know jesus is frustrated with them there because it's you know they're missing the whole point you know that's not a big deal to jesus he's not even worried about that uh, he's thinking spiritually, and they're thinking uh, in a, in a worldly way. But all of these instances, uh, you know, oh, you have little faith. Are you still without understanding? Uh, having eyes, do you not see? Uh, you know, all of these instances, Jesus is is disappointed. I would say in them, uh, but but it's not 
something where you know they have sinned. It's not something where he's you know uh, rebuking them in the sense of y'all need to straighten out. It's something where he realizes they're weak and lack understanding, and he's trying to to bring them to this understanding. And and uh, even though it's frustrating seemingly to him. Uh, at least I feel like it is in that tone there. Even though he may be frustrated, he continues to uh, work with them and, and try to uh, teach them. And so you've got that level of patience from Jesus in those verses. Uh, and then in Mark 8, uh, verse 33, where Jesus is uh, telling the disciples that he's going to be uh, ultimately killed by the Jews and and rise on the third day and Peter pulls him aside and rebukes Jesus and tells him you know don't be saying that that's not going to happen to you how does Jesus respond to Peter in that regard you know it seems pretty firm and pretty harsh he turns around and says get behind me Satan uh, and and this is the same this Peter was involved with these other instances too uh, but but here Jesus seems to have a fairly sharp rebuke for Peter and and you know, I think uh, maybe Jesus uh, realized the the significance of of what Peter uh, was saying and and the danger of what Peter was saying and and uh, felt that that deserved a pretty strong rebuke uh, and and so he did that um, and so again, judgments are required in how we deal with people when they disappoint us when they say things they shouldn't. When they do things they shouldn't, um, you know, we have to use some judgment and uh, react in the right ways. Um, in Matthew chapter 23, not going to read that whole chapter, but, you know, that's that's the, the chapter where Jesus is rebuking the, the scribes and the Pharisees, where all the woe to you uh, passages. And, and he's getting on to them. Uh, in a in a pretty stern and harsh way, and it's it's in a way to warn them. That's what "woe to you" means. Uh, but he's also warning others about them uh, because they were preaching things but not doing them. They were being haughty. They the things they were doing, they were doing to be seen by men. They were practicing lawlessness. Uh, he calls them fools. He calls them blind, serpents, vipers, sons of hell. You know, all of those are very strong words and very very harsh ways to refer to someone um but i i believe again jesus could read hearts but i also believe that you know he he has reached a point with them that they've removed all doubt about thinking the best first you know they they have continued continually practiced lawlessness they're doing things that aren't in accordance with god's word and they don't want to hear his message about that and, and about how to correct that. And so uh, we see this <clears throat> uh, this uh, principle here or this attitude of Jesus toward them of, of strong rebuke, warning others about them, uh, telling them, you know, the things they're saying to do are right, but they're not doing them, so beware of them. Um, and so, again, uh, various ways to deal with People who are doing wrong or people who, who are doing disappointing things. Uh, and it's really based on what seems to be uh, judgments made about their their attitude or their motives, those type things. How they're dealt with is based upon judgments made in regard to that. 
again, it, it, it goes back to this pattern of resistance to what is right um, versus uh, someone who doesn't have that pattern of resistance to things that are right. You know, Peter... Peter di- didn't really have a pattern of doing wrong things or, or, or saying uh, these wrong things. He, he had good motives. He wanted to do right. He knew Jesus was the Christ. He knew that was who he needed to be following. Uh, but, but he said something wrong there and, and was rebuked for it. But, it, you know, he wasn't, you know, it wasn't a woe unto Peter uh, type thing. So we have to use our heads. Uh, we have to do our very best to judge rightly and righteously. Um, and, and I think based on, on these examples that uh, for the most part our reaction towards people who disappoint us seems to be somewhat tailored to the situation and the people. And again, that requires our judgment. Um, so <clears throat> let's just talk about maybe some temptations that we have when someone does us wrong or someone does something that that disappoints us or lets us down what what are we tempted to do how are we tempted to react um you know we see in first corinthians 13 uh, what love does not do and so just kind of looking at the flip side of that, uh, that we're tempted to not act in a loving way we're tempted to behave rudely we're tempted to become provoked uh to parade ourselves to think evil uh, instead of, of, of thinking the best of them. We're tempted to seek our own, to do what's best for us, you know, uh, in that situation. And we see this every day in the news uh, of this these reactions. Um, and, and that's not the reactions that people are supposed to have and to be faithful to God. We're, we're supposed to have actions that are based in love, and, and if we do, we won't have these character traits um, we oftentimes are tempted to react in fleshly ways with hatred with contentions uh, outbursts of wrath uh, dissensions um, and and <clears throat> obviously we're tempted to speak evil of one another uh, we may want to twist things uh, in regard you know someone may do something that uh, we didn't like uh, but that may not have been wrong. Say so they just went down a different path, but it wasn't necessarily the wrong path, just not our path. Um, we still may want to speak evil of those type people. Or, or when someone asks us about them, you know, we may cast a little shade on that person and make it make them uh, look like less uh, people, speak evil of them, um, just to make ourselves look better. Uh, and, you know, that's, again, not the way that we're supposed to be. And we oftentimes, it's very much human nature for us to want to avenge ourselves. And, and Romans and many other places in the, in the Bible teach that that's not who God's people are. Uh, Romans 12 and verse 19, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And so, you know, these are all things we're tempted to do. Uh, when I had this, this circumstance, it... it in our business that um, went south for us, you know, these are definitely some of the things that I was tempted to to do. Uh, and thinking, you know, how can I get back at that guy? You know, he, he messed me up and cost me some money. 
Um, but really, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's just money, and and don't need to worry about that too much. Don't avenge myself. Um, the correct response, again, this is kind of in summary. When someone disappoints us or sins against us, uh, you know, we have to start with thinking the best. Uh, but we can't ignore the facts, right? We don't think the best and, you know, put our blinders on and say, well, you know, they didn't really do that if they did. Uh, but think the best about their motives, investigate, try to figure out why they may have done that. Um, you know, go to them about it. Let them know, hey, that let me down uh, or that was wrong. You've done me wrong. You know, follow that pattern of uh, escalation where, where you try to get that reconciliation uh, with the one who has let you down. Um, no matter how it's going, how they're reacting, we shouldn't react in carnal ways. Uh, we should react in ways that show our love, uh, that are in self-controlled ways, ways that aren't lashing out or, or carnal ways like we looked about looked at a minute ago. Uh, we should be patient and kind and encouraging uh, when, whenever that is possible and, and every chance we have uh, because that's going to just help that situation. And, you know, definitely, again, don't be uh, vengeful or, or revengeful. Don't try to avenge yourself. Uh, allow God to take care of that in the end you know Romans 12 and verse 21 says do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good and so I think we have to you know that's so against human nature uh, that you really have to make a, a strong conscious decision to abide by that verse you know we want to, to become carnal we want to react in fleshly ways uh, and that but that is what is overcome by evil. We're letting evil overcome us if we respond in that way. Uh, if we choose to respond uh, in good ways, in right ways, uh, the ways that we've been talking about, uh, and, and we overcome evil with good, then that's who God wants us to be. That's that's the, the type of uh, reaction that he's looking for and expects of us. Um, and that final point there about don't let someone disappointing you unsettle your own faith or and and that can be by causing you to react in a sinful way or by just simply shaking up uh, your faith in God and I think sometimes we can put our faith in people instead of God and and when they do something wrong uh, or when they let us down that can unsettle us right we can uh, really kind of get unraveled because of that, uh, whether spiritually or, or whatever we're talking about. When someone that we put a ton of faith in lets us down, uh, it can it can cause us some problems. Um, and that's, you know, we can't be like that. Our faith does not need to be in people. It needs to be in God. And, and think about uh, the Apostle Paul and all the, the troublesome people he dealt with, all the troublesome brethren, the troublesome Jews, uh, the, the Christians at Corinth, uh, tons of problems there. Uh, the brethren at Galatia, you know, he says, Oh, foolish Galatians, why are y'all doing that? Uh, this instance where uh, he was, I guess, on trial and says, At my first defense, no one stood with me. Everybody abandoned him. But did he let that shake his faith? Did he, did he quit on those brethren? 
Did he quit on God? He didn't. He kept his faith grounded in God. His hope was grounded in God um, and, and God's promises, not in people. And so Paul was able to endure those disappointments and endure those setbacks and, and to react to them in the right way, I believe, because his hope was grounded in God and in God's promises. Um, and and we see that he was able to react in those right ways. Um, even in the passage where he says no one stood with him in his defense, what, what does the next verse talk about? You know, he, he asked that that not be held against them. He wasn't bitter towards them about that. He, uh, you know, I'm assuming understood that was something very difficult for those brethren and, and that they were struggling with that. Whatever that situation was, I imagine it was some kind of life or death thing, it seems like, or, or jail or no jail, but uh, he, he didn't want that to be held against them. You know, I'm sure he was disappointed that that's how it went, but his attitude towards them, I think, because he, he was giving them, thinking the best of them, caused that reaction. Um, whatever he got over... Between him and Mark, whatever Mark had done to, to disappoint Paul, Paul seems to have gotten over that. Uh, we don't really know a whole lot about that, but um, he got over that and they were able to still work together and be productive in God's uh, kingdom. And so, you know, that's that's all the points that we've talked about. Um, we must use righteous judgment in determining how to react. Uh, look at people's fruits. You know, if, when we're trying to decide something about their motives or about, you know, why did they do that? When we're making these judgments about how am I supposed to react to this guy, you know, look at their fruits. If, if we know enough about them, we're able to, to make better judgments. And, again, sometimes we may know nothing about them, and uh, we have to do the best we can. But always think the best of people first. Um, don't ignore true problems. Sometimes a more bold reaction or a more stern rebuke may be needed, uh, but we should always do things in a spiritual way, not a carnal way, and, and don't let the disappointment that we may have because of people uh, destroy our faith or unsettle our faith because that, that really should be rooted in God. And so hope this was uh, something helpful. Again, it, it uh, was just kind of came about from me reflecting on some things that had happened to me in the last month or two uh, and, and, and the temptations that I felt as going through that and, and I thought that it may be a good idea knowing that everyone is disappointed or, or done wrong at different times. Uh, probably be good for all of us just to be reminded of these things. You know, we um, haven't talked anything at all this morning about becoming a Christian. Uh, but when you look at God's Word, uh, we see not only wisdom about living in this life, but we see this story of a God who loves His creation, who loves people, and who wants the best for them, and who has gone to, through great lengths of sending His Son to be a sacrifice for us so that we could have forgiveness of our sins. And uh, to, to have that forgiveness, we see uh, that people understood their sin and we see that they understood the need for forgiveness uh, they understood that Jesus was sent as the Christ to be that sacrifice and they confessed that repented of the sins they had been doing and uh, were baptized for the forgiveness of those sins raised up a new person uh, to live a life 
following God. Live a life uh, with these type right reactions to, to people doing them wrong. Live a life that, that uh, is spiritual and not carnal. And we offer that opportunity this morning if uh, anyone has never done that to do that. And I know uh, most of us here have done that and are children of God. And we also see that even as a child of God, there are times when we disappoint God. Uh, we do things wrong that disappoint God and are sinful, and uh, we we know that He tells us to confess those sins to one another and repent of those sins and ask for forgiveness, and, and He will forgive us. And we offer that opportunity also this morning. If you have a need uh, to do that, please let it know be known as we stand and sing. Hark the gentle voice of Jesus.